0: I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate and welcome to Topical Island. Each week one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us.
1: Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable and what does it have to do with the opera?
2: Will we get to work from home forever
1: ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more as each week we will take you to a different Topical Island. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Topical Island. Julie, Kristen, how are we this evening? Hello. I didn't Hello. know what was going on with your double wave there, I was doing that some doing jazz hands. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: of course, I, yeah. nobody could see. Nobody could see. Have you watched a lot, a, lot children a lot of children's um, shows? A lot of children's shows? Am I watching a lot of children's shows? No, I am just so thrilled and excited that it is spring and that like yes. there's blooms everywhere and bees and like it's just it was a long cold winter and it is i I'm really trying to like be so thankful for the spring and so it's radiating through my jazz hands that's what's happening.
1: <laughs> Gratitude. <laughs> I can almost see the Sunshine and lollipops and rainbows. (laughs) Da 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 coming out. (laughs) Shooting out. Kristen, what have you been up to this week?
2: Well,
0: I have a kind of a cute story. So I'm trying not to make every single story that I tell on this podcast be about a cemetery. But I was (laughs) I was I wasn't (laughs) mine. It's mostly where things in my life happen these days. Um, but <laughs> I was, so I was this kind of, I hope that someone listens to the last podcast where I talked about my kind of photography hobby, because that's why I'm
2: there for no other nefarious reasons. But the other and, weekend I was. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And not just to take pictures of random headstones. It's to help people with their ancestry, ancestry databases and, and knowing yes. where potentially loved ones were buried. Exactly, and my next
1: yeah, venture is go back is... and listen to the last episode. Yeah. If, yes, if do we'll that. An update on that. It's not I... just, Kristen's. Not just in parks <laughs> taking pictures of graves. Graves.
0: <laughs> Although I am, I am now, a, I'm, I've registered as a volunteer with the city of Calgary to do a tour in the cemetery. So I might be promoting that on this on the pod later. But my story is that I was in the cemetery the other day and I saw this guy, this older, whatever, older guy with what looked like a cat. At the cemetery. Leash, in and amongst the graves. And I was like, you know, sometimes you think it's a cat and then it's just like a little a little dog. So I was like, oh, it's probably a little dog. I, d- I couldn't see if it was on a leash yet. And then I, so I was trying not to stare. And then just in and amongst the graves. And then um, I got closer and it was a man walking his cat in the cemetery, Saul's <laughs> leash, no leash. What?
1: Oh, that's a good cat to just follow along.
0: It was amazing and I couldn't, I'm not normally a very good like random talk to strangers person, but I really could not resist. And I said, (laughs) wow, you've got a good cat there. And, uh, he had during COVID gotten this cat from the pound and it was just a cute little cat. It was on a harness and it literally, when it saw us, it bounded towards us for pets, but stayed very much within the confines with its owner. And he said, I just like to take it out for a walk here because there's no dogs to, to attack it. And it, right. I've never seen it. Like, I don't know. You know, sometimes animals like react the way other like I'm imagining it maybe grew up with a dog or something. Because I well, literally like was a dog in a,
1: a cat's body. Yeah. It absolutely
0: was. And it was like the the coolest thing ever. And I just I was just I couldn't stop thinking about this cat. So I thought I'd tell you guys about it. But it well, was that's it, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. It actually reminds me of, I feel like I saw that once um, in which it was a squirrel that embodied a dog personality. What? And I, I will <laughs> never forget. I was, it was back in high school and I used to go tanning way too much in like mm-hmm. the old school tanning. Bed. And so yeah. I was downtown and I was parking for my tanning appointment and across the street from the salon was this park. And I could not stop. I couldn't I could not take my eyes off this squirrel that was like throwing <laughs> like it was like playing fetch with with itself like it was like throwing a stick up in the air and like catching it and what? it was honestly it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen <laughs> but it was just like this squirrel having the time of his life like making his own fun acting like a dog it was awesome that
0: I was going to I thought you were going to say like that you were watching like a YouTube video of a squirrel that was like a dog but you saw the squirrel that's so cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: I saw and if I mean uh, I guess I could have been a YouTube star if I knew to tape it at the time but I probably didn't have yeah, any Yeah, you could have
2: been a TikTok yeah. sensation.
1: Yeah. Uh, if only I thought if only I knew 20 years into the future.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was going to uh, say the fact that you said I should have taped it
1: kind of dates <laughs> you a little bit. <laughs> yeah I had no means. no means I didn't have a digital I didn't have a video recording system with me at the time
2: oh dear oh dear how about you Kate what are you up to
1: you know I just enjoying the beautiful weather like you said Julie um spending lots of time outside and yeah I don't know I feel like I cannot top. The the cemetery cat story. So why <laughs> why try? Certainly, nothing that exciting has happened to me this week. Let's just put it that way. Well, Kristen, I'm very excited to ask where you are taking us this week.
0: So the other day, I was on social media and someone had posted a video of a moth, and I and they were talking. I guess it was injured or something, and so she was trying to do something to help it. And I was to like, I a moth? If... Sorry. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was a large moth. Okay. Um uh, sorry. Um, I, but I, I was like, how much longer is this moth gonna live, anyways? I was in your court, Julie. And I so. so I Googled it and I was <laughs> like, a moth will live like 65 to 90 days, which seemed reasonable. And then I was like, I wonder how long an ant lives. And was absolutely floored to learn that queen ants of certain types can actually live up to 30 years. What? 30. Like I only am 35 and I've only lived five years longer than some queen ants. Wow. And it's the queen that lives that. Yeah. So, time. I mean, and that's a very specific kind, but like certainly I think the average of a queen, a queen is about 15 years. And so, wow. but like a, a regular typical garden ant even lives up to four years. So it's quite interesting. Wow. I, they certainly outdo a moth. Um, and I And it made me realize like, you know, you every once in a while I do think about ants because every once in a while you see an ant like carrying another dead ant or something yes. and you're like, "What's the story here?" And I'm wondering if you guys have any kind mm-hmm. of preconceived
2: notions about ants. Oh my gosh. Did not see this topic coming.
1: <laughs> well, I know that they're very hard working. Very You you want you want me to just bullet point my thoughts on ants?
2: (laughs) Well, just I think
1: they're I think they're hardworking. I feel like I'm not surprised. I'm very surprised by the 30 years. I feel like I'm not so surprised by the four years because they build up such a community. It seems that you need to have time to really be able to foster those relationships among the (laughs) ants.
0: Yeah, would you not think (laughs) this doesn't just happen overnight?
1: I know they're very strong. Yeah. Yes. And it yes. sounds to me like if you're going to save it, like, I wonder if this person who took a video of this moth would have tried to save an <laughs> ant.
2: Yeah. I, yes. And then, of course, they're, they kind of famously build those, like, you know, people keep the little farms, the ant farms, mm-hmm. and they, they're very organized. Like, it's very, their homes are, are very, uh, what's the right word? just like clean and somewhat symmetrical. And I yeah. also, the thing with ants is that like, if you step on an anthill or disturb their homestead, like they lose their minds and can fix it in no time. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. And then of course there's those red ones that bite that are, that Fire I'm not runs, a big fan of, but yeah, uh, tell us more.
0: Well, I'm glad you touched on some of the things that are super interesting about kind of where i'm going so i, I i'm happy to hear that, that these are some of your perceptions i'm also happy to hear that you guys don't know a ton about ants because you know when you're researching something you're like does everyone know this this is crazy
1: <laughs> but they don't
0: so that's it's good
1: just perfectly common
0: knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> does everyone know this about ants so ants actually appeared on the fossil record during the latest early crustaceous and late crustaceous periods they're actually evolved from wasps oh. um and really? a 2006 study estimated that um, ants arose tens of millions of years earlier than previously thought, so up to 168 million years ago. Wow. Is, is how long ants have been around. Um, and they're actually found now in the world on all continents except Antarctica and then a couple large islands such as Greenland and Iceland. They don't, they aren't, but they're really they all ants. over the world.
2: They don't have ants. So you wait. So you're telling me that no ant has ever like climbed aboard a boat or in an airplane and gone to Iceland. There are no ants on Iceland. Apparently, I don't know if they have a rat a rat patrol
1: like
0: we do. But
1: <laughs> I wonder if they patrol. have if a bunch of ants have a bucket list of going to Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> of all the continents, not to be on.
0: Maybe we should yeah. bring some ants to Antarctica. I mean, I feel like they would, I, I'm assuming that's an inhospitable spot for ants and that's probably why they're not
2: there, but I'm not fully sure why Iceland. Um, Man, so, if they've and- been on this planet 168 million years, I feel like they can live anywhere.
0: Yeah. They're going to, they're like cockroaches. I feel like they're going to, like yeah. they've lived well before us and they're going to outlive us. I, you know, I can tell. So they're known as what? Can social. I throw out mm-hmm. a
1: fact and see yeah. if it, you came across it in your research? Yeah, please do. I once heard that if you took all of the ants on the planet their weight would be equivalent to if you put all of the humans together on the planet.
0: No, I didn't hear that.
1: And think of how light an ant is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just to- so many of
0: them. I mean, I believe it. Yeah. I walk up my I was walking up my cuz now I'm very thinking about ants constantly and I was walking up to my house and it was just like they're everywhere. So like I mean, I mm-hmm. believe it. There's like 20 ants to every one me walking down the path, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're known as what's social, so that's kind of what Kate was touching on. So, in other words, they reside in groups. So, in fact, most ant, ant colonies are united towards the common purposes of survival, growth, and reproduction, and they actually behave like a single organism or a super organism. So, they're actually individually obviously they don't have brains, they don't have they, they have a brain. Sorry, they don't have large brains. They're not planning, but as a unit, they're actually quite oh. interesting. Hmm. that's so cool so when you see an hive ant hill, mind you... hive minds, no <laughs> probably i mean I, I imagine if you researched bees it wouldn't be that much different but when you see so when you see an ant hill, you're actually just seeing the entrance and the exit of the colony most ant colonies actually stretch deep underground even as deep as 25 feet
1: wow oh why do you look so worried julie well
2: i just like <laughs> like they're there to stay
1: and I'm also thinking
2: they must freeze that deep. I mean, I obviously it's not everywhere that they burrow so deep, but yeah, what do they do in the winter? I mean, obviously they survive. They live for four years, They're or or yeah. thirty.
0: Huh. Now my dad's going to be very disappointed because that's one of his most. He he. I mean, I did tell them when I was doing ants, and um, he was very curious about the freezing. I'm not getting very deep into the to the cold but i believe on a preliminary research it is like the idea that they basically just slow down okay and not freeze but maybe there's a point where they do freeze um but for example they can survive our winters
2: um Hmm.
0: so let's talk about how the colonies are structured there are typically four different types of ants so of course there's the queen ant who's the founder and the leader of the colony and her primary function is to populate the colony by laying thousands of eggs her chambers are deep within the colony and they le- and they live much longer than the drones who support her of course like I mentioned some up to 30 years but more on average it's like 10 to 15 years. They're normally the biggest ants in the qual- colony. So a queen ant actually stores sperm in a pouch in her abdomen which she does during her mating, which we'll talk about the process later, but so okay. she actually uses that sperm to fertilize her eggs. So if an egg is fertilized, it'll become a male, whereas if it's unfertilized, it'll become a female.
1: Oh, so she chooses when she's ready to have a what like what sh- the flavor of the day is, whether she's up for a boy or a girl.
0: Exactly. And I don't know how conscious this choice is, but she like literally fertilizes it with this sperm
1: <laughs> sac
2: that she keeps inside of
1: her. But so she can just like parcel it out on demand? <laughs>
2: Oh, and how can how can life come from an unfertilized egg i'm so this is fascinating but maybe she doesn't want too many females because females could mean competition
0: yes but you're going to be blown away when you okay. hear Bring about, it. about females multiple. are the
1: harder workers i said it first
0: <laughs> you're 100 right most ants are females and almost really? every, ant, every ant that you encounter outside the nest is a female. So all the worker ants are females, but unlike the (gasps) queen, they don't lay eggs. Instead, they're responsible for building and maintaining the nest, protecting from other uh, colonies, tending to the young, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. If you can imagine an ant tending to the young, Um, (laughs) but yeah, so they're and they're never idle. So yeah, every, pretty much every ant that you see carrying other dead ants
2: around, carrying a leaf is a, is a female ant. And did you say they're never idle? Like they don't sleep? Yeah,
1: that caught my attention too.
2: Yeah, again, just,
0: like, uh, no, no details, no further details on that. But <laughs> No
1: further okay. comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah, the, it does say that worker ants are never idle. Now, the interesting thing about ants, like, when Julie was making a scared face about ants, was that a lot of the information about ants, sadly, comes from, like, um, pest control websites. Like, they. Oh. So, like, I mean, it's just a lot of people trying to get rid of ants, and as you can see, like, the complexity of of like how far they are and and how like intricately they like protect themselves and like it's it's it, you can see why it'd be so difficult to get rid of an ant's nest an is ant that colony, what they're
1: called rather. oh colony oh sorry right. okay ant
0: nest, uh, no, nest
1: that's i was that made it sound creepier somehow
0: well yeah so drone are male ants whose only function is to mate with the queen so she can lay her eggs drones die as soon as they fulfill this function and are rarely encountered outside the colony so That's what the boys' purposes are. That's it, what Helene. the
1: boys are doing inside while the <laughs> girls are carrying. They're
2: <laughs> hustling.
0: Exactly. Huh. I Aren't. know. So now I'm thinking about that when I'm when I'm walking and I'm like, all these little girl ants doing their doing their jobs.
1: That's who yeah. Beyonce originally wrote the song after. <laughs> didn't she sing a song? Who runs the world? Girls. girls. Who runs the world? <laughs> I
2: don't know how it goes. Female ants. That's right, that's yeah. exactly
1: it.
0: and so then a fourth category um sometime in the life of every ant colony the queen lays eggs that hatch into winged males or females and they're called reproductives or swarmers so once they mature these ant colonies these ants leave the colony in swarms and their job is to establish new colonies as with drones and queens the males die soon after mating well a certain number of these females survive to become new queens so they're right. they all leave the nest at the same time they fly around they mate and they the guys then pass away and the females may then start their own colony with their sack of sperm
1: fascinating cool. and
2: there's and potentially the swarm that went with them no they're all just um
1: that's oh, they're just um
2: okay populating
0: yeah Wow. I don't know if you guys like whenever I've seen a winged ant, it freaks me out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, what kind of ant is that? But it's actually just that phase of the like reproductive cycle. Wow.
1: But not every ant goes through that. It The queen has given birth to these ants in order to extend the colony elsewhere.
0: Exactly. So yeah, the war worker war ants war. never go through this process.
1: Well, maybe I'll, you know, take a second look next time I I see a winged ant and wish it, well, that's a lie. I'm going to squish it. (laughs) (laughs) If I see it, it freaks me out. I'm going to squish it. But I would like to think again, going back to you hope you do the right thing. I know we're talking about ants here, (laughs) but I would see it, wish it well on its journey. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And so ant nest mates. So it's really important just just as an aside, like, Ants are very like territorial for their own kind of group. So they actually have chemicals that cover their bodies, which is how one colony of ant can like a, a stat, like when they come across another ant, they know that it's a friendly ant because they are covered in the same chemical because the queen is actually coded with a unique blend of chemicals that advertises her presence. Oh, huh. So yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting. So The interesting thing about this is that actually scientists are quite interested in the patterns of ants because it's kind of like any type of animal or creature, like they're doing all these things, but it's not because they're thinking, I'm going to carry this leaf that I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Like they do these amazing processes with these tiny brains. There's no, like the queen ant is, you know, giving birth to them and is the center of the nest, but there's no, you know, team meeting. So scientists are like just quite interested in how, do like, how does this work and how do we apply this to kind of. Other types of things. So, Quanta magazine actually has a really, you know, everyone's favorite scientific magazine, Quanta, mm-hmm. <laughs> has, a, has a really interesting article where they say scientists are super interested in these organizations of these insects. Individually, they aren't that intelligent, they have tiny little brains, but together they work as a super organism. So, cracking these problems can lead to improvements in swarm robotics, which is the large numbers of simple robots working together. More broadly, identifying the rules at ANSO Bay could help scientists understand how biologically complex systems emerge. For example, how groups of cells rise to organs.
2: Right. Of course. Yeah. It's not like yeah. they, each cell has its own little brain, they're just built into their DNA to know what activities need to happen for life to succeed. Exactly. Fascinating.
1: So neat. Also, sorry,
2: have no, you guys please. seen the Ant-Man movies? No, I,
0: and I was thinking about that. I'm like, is everyone who's watched the movie ants with a Z know all this stuff already? No, cuz I that movie
1: I have seen. Okay. <laughs> Good.
2: But in the Ant-Man movies, there he has different types of ants that kind of help him. Also, I thought that movie was going to be stupid and it, it, it I mean, it's a Marvel movie. It is what it is, but but I am now reminded of like some of these ants and their capacity to like work together to like climb each other like a ladder or there is actually quite amazing behaviors that I I think obviously it's CGI it's for they didn't have trained ants on set but
1: They didn't use real ants <laughs> in that movie
2: but I think that some of the theory behind it is based in fact that some of these ants yeah can just do these kind of amazing feats yeah just just mm-hmm. because there's so many of them working for a single goal. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. So these behavioral biologists in France, they've been studying insect nests for the past 20 years, building more complex and realistic models as their data improved. They've discovered that there's three basic guidelines where ants pick up and build, drop off their building materials to create sophisticated, multi-layered structures. And they say that it all results from interactions between the individuals, and the final structure em- emerges without a central coordination. So they have no plan. So basically, the team analyzed the videos of ants, and there were three main rules. The ants picked up grains at a constant rate, approximately two grains per minute. They preferred to drop them near other grains, forming a pillar. And they tended to choose grains previously handled by other ants, probably because of the marking of that, those chemicals we were talking about. So basically, they used these three rules to build a computer model that mimicked the nest building behavior. And actually, the, the virtual ants they created were able to create these identical pillars using those rules that they had figured
1: out. Wow. Yeah. You're really blowing my mind.
2: <laughs> I know. You know, earlier you had mentioned like, oh, if you'd looked into bees, it'd be similar. I mean, and, for, and rightly so. We, we all love bees, but bees get a lot of praise. Where's the ant praise? Like they're fascinating no if this is praise.
1: ground zero we're starting it here <laughs> we're starting at praise
2: right You're here praise. i think as you mentioned
0: fire ants or we were talking a little bit about fire ants and i don't know 100 where they where they are but um doc i know they're da-
1: definitely in puerto rico
0: yes so david hu uh in the georgia institute of technology they actually do a bunch of studies on fire ants and they are bricklayers and brick builders there, but they're actually also escape artists. So he says that they're always terrified when they have a three day weekends of like where these ants are going to end up because they just escape from everything, create like bridges, like <laughs> oh. ladders, like you were saying. And so they're actually creating these constant structures. And the one thing that I found absolutely amazing is that these fire ants, if their structure starts flooding, they will actually make a, hu- or a human an ant raft out of ants and float away
1: what (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant
0: that is wow so it's a very similar kind of idea it's like not like the answer like let's build a raft but they essentially like start they just walk to the edge of where the last ant is and stop and then that's how they like continue to grow like to go to the edge of the structure and that's how they grow the raft and they also do bridges uh based on the same kind of principles they just go to the edge and keep going to the edge and keep going to the edge
1: Well, they're just, that's just a built-in health and safety measure.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So the interesting thing about that is that many of these theoretic practices involved scheduling computing tasks, optimizing web searches, and this totally makes sense to me, enabling groups of robots to search a minefield or burning building collectively without any sense of potential control because of these concepts, right? It's not, they don't need these giant brains of, thinking about different things but it's like how is nature just like creating these structures with very little planning and very little thought really
2: yeah in star trek they had nanobots that kind of came to life because they started all the little bots started working together like i think obviously based in some of this work that's being done that's studying ants that you know because so much of star trek is based on some bits of reality and then just yeah, for sure yeah um, kind of ahead of its time, but that's kind of, it's so futuristic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so simple and yet so futuristic, right? That's yeah. the interesting part about it. Like, it's so basic. These, pe- these people, these little ants have <laughs> been around for millions and millions forming, of years. Forming
1: human rafts.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Human- <laughs> Somehow it turns into a human raft. I'm not sure. So <laughs> just, I wanted to touch on ant farms because I, I, when I first, I think my idea or I was thinking about ant farms in the beginning of all this. And I was like, I would never do that. But then when I learned more about ants, I'm like, that's actually kind of cool. So yeah. when we think about ants farms, it says people a lot, quite often automatically will envision that old Uncle Milton's ant farm, which I think is what you were referencing. It's like that old plastic ant farm toy with like the different yes. tunnels in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they would actually do that. They would deliver the that by mail along with ants. Um, Oh, it came with the ants. It did. They would mail out the ants. But the the problem is that this wouldn't work very well because you need a queen. The ants would
1: arrive dead.
0: Right. (laughs) And also without a queen, but also dead. Yeah. So people would have these for a couple months and it'd be fun and whatever, but then they would just die off, of course.
1: Well, I'm just curious. So you just, if you don't already have a queen, if you take a portion of the colony away um away mm-hmm. there's not one like one of the worker ants doesn't kind of take control and become the dominant ant I'm and not, then just kind of establish themselves as queen
0: doesn't sound like it because I think it has to be that kind of ant that's that one that flew around and reproduced oh it's that right reproductive ant. right for so the worker ants and I don't know if they have I actually don't know if they have separate um reproductive organs but um they just they never reproduce it's only that swarmer reproductive ant from the beginning that can actually become a queen so I don't know if a queen can actually come in and save a colony or not like if an, if something terrible were to happen to the queen ant
2: I'm, I'm not totally sure about that um well, mm-hmm. I, I just know a little bit about how bees work and sometimes yeah that doesn't work even yeah. even w- if you have a queen if they don't want yeah if they don't smell right or whatever it is it might not yeah. work out yeah
0: totally they have like ant wars yeah. Um, but what, as you were saying, Kate, if you see a flying ant, you could squish it, but you could also sell it as a queen ant for someone's colony.
2: Oh, is a queen enough to start a colony? I guess if so long as it has its sperm sac with it, it should be fine. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, I don't know how you tell, like, what if you
0: what if it's a boy ant and you throw it in your thing as a queen, but it's just a flying boy ant that's going to die. I don't know. I mean, that's what I was hard to say, but this person who was an ant kind of farm enthusiast, and there's actually like there's YouTube channels with thousands of followers because this is quite a hobby that a lot of people do. And they actually say it's quite easy. Like once you get it going, it's very interesting to watch. And, um, and it's not a hard hobby. I think as long as you find a queen ant, you can, Create your own formicarium.
2: Is that the formal word?
0: What it's called
2: for your home ant colony? Formicarium?
0: Ant keepers use specialized nests called formicarium. Formicarium is a professional term for an ant nest or an ant farm. Like I said, in the beginning of this, I I thought ant farms might be a little bit silly, but like, I mean, if you could watch these things, I mean, I don't know.
2: I I don't know if I'm. fascinating. I'm in. Yeah 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 oh, no. yeah
1: did we just decide to start an ant
2: farm <laughs> oh
1: we could podcast is out ant farming <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so that's kind of um the end of my factories but it definitely like i mean even just in the couple of weeks that i've been doing this research like it, i was at my parents place day and i was like avoiding stepping on ants because i'm like they're just a bunch of girls trying to Do I mean, there's so many of them, but, like, they're just trying to satisfy the, you know, get food for their colony. And,
2: yeah, and it sounds like they may keep moving and hustling until they literally die. Like, they don't stop. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no naps for those ants. But I also think it's just, yeah, like, it's just so interesting that people are studying this and that that's, like, like, I think that's what's so interesting is, like, such small little examples, like, could be examples of how like cells form and you know all that kind of stuff so to have an ant farm would be to like witness nature and how how intelligent it can be even with individuals with little tiny
2: brains that make
1: up it which i guess is what we all are but very neat
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 i would encourage everyone to watch the ant man films
0: i think that's the moral of the story like watch ant man
2: (laughs) i'd say (laughs) watch ant man buy a farm maybe start collecting the flying ants to sell as like a little side hustle and don't be so quick to step on them
1: no that is really fascinating who knew such a small topic could be could have so many big ideas exactly (laughs) wonderful on that note julie do you have a good news story for us this week
2: i do have a good news story it's a pretty local story it's a calgary story and that is that the city of Calgary has committed um, to build 10 what they're calling inclusive playgrounds. What oh. Kate knows about this.
1: I heard it on the news that or recently and I was so pumped because I know I, I'm not going to take this over from you, but I know you have one close to you. However, you live an hour from me Yes. And it's still a little bit a ways from your house. So it's quite far from me. Um, but I was so excited to hear this news. Please continue.
2: No. I mean, yeah, it's super exciting. So they've committed to making either um, extending existing uh, playgrounds or, or build net new 10 playgrounds, which equates to about $4.6 million. And the idea is that they are inclusive. So what that means... One thing that they want is accessibility, both um, so either really great parking or close to transit so that families can actually get there with relative ease. They want it to be wheelchair accessible, so really wide bridges and lots of ramps as opposed to stairs um, so that uh, kids in wheelchairs can access them. There, some will have Braille on the signs for those who are um, visually impaired or blind. There will be mm. brightly colored paths. So those with some vision impairment can kind of stick to the path and kind of are are able to identify um, easy and unobstructive ways to move about the park. And there will also be cozy spaces for children who might need to take a break due to um, maybe they get overwhelmed Um
1: Overstimulated.
2: Overstimulated thing. Yeah, they may get overwhelmed or overstimulated, so they need to take a time out. So they're planning to also build some nice little cozy spaces for those children to go and hang out, to have a little quiet downtime, and then get back to it. So I thought that was so cool. And just kind of thinking a little bit more outside the box. I mean, I know we've seen parks evolve and change over the year, but I thought this was a pretty great commitment on the city's part. Really good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It makes me sad too just to think like that that's unfortunately sort of a newish concept and just to think of kids, you know, seeing other kids play on the park and not being able to do stuff. So that's really nice to hear. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that it's not just, you know, um it's it's not just <laughs> this is going to sound sort of funny, but like it's not just inclusion for one type of disability. Mm-hmm. It's inclusion for a multiple types of abilities. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. no, really neat. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for bringing that fabulous news story to our attention. Hey, my pleasure. Love it. Well, did you find what you were looking for?